credentials of Christ. We are all excited when we've earned our credentials, whether it's our high school certificate, diplomas, bachelor's or honors, or even postgraduate degrees. These bring a great sense of satisfaction and accomplishment, but more so they bring assurance of a better job in our chosen field. Not only do they give us greater confidence, but they assure our employers that we have the training and knowledge to do the job well. A credential refers to a qualification, achievement, personal quality, or background, typically when used to indicate that we are suitable for a specific job. It's the recognition that someone can only earn that credential after they've studied to show themselves approved or accomplished in that skill. They've been deemed knowledgeable or proficient to perform that function. Jesus was often asked to show or prove his credentials, especially by the Pharisees or Sadducees who were jealous of his mighty works and insightful messages. One of these confrontations occurred just after Jesus cleansed the temple. Saddened and angry at the corruption in his place of worship, Jesus overthrew the money changers, casting their filthy lucre to the ground. Appalled at Jesus' audacity, the religious leaders demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? Jesus, as he so often did, returned a question with a question. I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer this one question. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? <laughs> this flustered the religious leaders as they knew the people revered John the Baptist as a prophet and feared if they said his authority was human that they'd be mobbed. Thus the cowardly men responded, We don't know. To which Jesus answered, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. We may wonder why Jesus wasn't more forthright, yet just before this event, he had triumphantly entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Crowds overwhelmed at the sight and confident that he was their promised king and deliverer rushed to the roadside and threw their garments and palm branches before him. In adoration, they shouted praises to God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen Jesus perform. They triumphantly declared blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in his highest heavens. They may have realized that they were fulfilling the prophecy written in Psalm 118:26, but it's unlikely they considered verse 27, which spoke clearly of his sacrifice to come. The Lord is God shining upon a Upon us, take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. They were expecting Jesus to be the exultant king who would free them from Roman oppression and pharisaical rules and rituals, but they weren't expecting Jesus to be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Even though it was John the Baptist, their respected prophet, who had spoken these very words about Jesus not many years before. What then are Jesus' credentials? We can see that Jesus is declared king and sin bearer, but what else has he proven himself to be? 
Once again, we can look to John the Baptist to help us out, for he says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming who soon who is greater than I am, so much greater than I'm not worthy even to be a slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Here John the Baptist attests that Jesus is our baptizer, not just with the water of repentance, but with the Holy Spirit and cleansing, empowering fire of God. Further, we see that Jesus has the ability to cast out evil spirits, making him more powerful than Satan and all his demons. Mark tells us of a man in the synagogue possessed by an evil spirit who shouts, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus silences the demons and orders them out, and the amazed crowd responds in wonder, What sort of teaching is this? It is such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. Sicknesses also surrender their effect to Jesus' authority, verifying his credentials as the healer and great physician. Jesus' power overcomes blindness, as the two men discover when he touches their sightless eyes. Deaf ears, as the man inside and learn, causing the amazed crowd to respond, Everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. Epilepsy surrenders to Jesus as the father joyfully discovers when his dangerously convulsive son is healed. Mental illness disappears as the homeless disturbed man from garrison finds. Leprous skin and muscles are restored as the desperate man learns in Matthew 8. Paralysis and pain is gone as the Roman centurion discovers when Jesus heals his servant sight unseen, as does the man from the pool from Bethsaida who gets up and walks. Even uterine hemorrhage dries up as the woman afflicted with persistent bleeding for 12 years is relieved to learn. But it's not only the sick that receive the ministering and miraculous touch of Jesus. He proves that he's the life giver when he brings Jairus' daughter back to life. Coming to him in the hopes that Jesus could heal his dying daughter, Jairus is grief-stricken when he's informed that his daughter has died. But Jesus is undaunted, and he calms Jairus with, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then despite the laughing mockery of the crowd, Jesus enters the little girl's room, takes hold of her hand, and speaks the life-giving words, Talitha Kum, little girl, get up. And she immediately stands up and walks her life and health completely restored. Jesus repeats this miracle for the widow when he comes upon the funeral procession for her son. Jesus has traveled to the small village of Nain for this life-giving appointment. When Jesus sees the mother's great sorrow, he's overcome with compassion. And comforting her, he walks over to the coffin and speaks to the corpse. Young man, I tell you, get up. And the dead boy sits up and begins to talk. Jesus gives him back to his mother.
This miracle so astounds the witnesses that they praise God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. Whether they understand the enormity of what they're saying, they are declaring Jesus not just the prophet, but God himself, something that Jesus himself unreservedly proclaims. Although the crowd of unbelievers accused Jesus of being a Samaritan devil, Possessed by a demon, Jesus sets them straight, telling them that he's honoring his father who will glorify the him. Then he further clarifies his credentials, stating, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Reiterating what God said to the doubting and fearful Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. Jesus repeats this again to the outraged religious high council when they question his credentials. Are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Calmly, resolutely, Jesus responds, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. In furious recognition, the high priest tears his robe, saying, What further need do we have of other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. Then Jesus willingly surrenders his life, enduring horrific beating and excruciating crucifixion in order to take our place of judgment and pay the price for our sins. He, innocent, sinless, allows the sins of the world, all people for all time, to be placed upon himself, that our debt may be marked, paid in full. But his authority does not end with his last breath, for he takes his life back again and rises from the dead, carrying the permanent marks of his payment in his hands, feet, and side, as the doubting Thomas discovers when Jesus presents himself alive. Will we then believe the credentials of Jesus, his miracles, his message, his life, death, and resurrection? Will we declare with Thomas, my Lord and my God? Will we live for him as he has lived for us in sacrifice and service to the one who was, is, and forevermore shall be Christ our Lord eternal? This is the question we all must answer. And what better time than this? the Easter season. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.